Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Three Point Podcast. I'm Avi with your co-host, Ezra. Say hi, Ezra. What's up? And today we're going to be talking about the upcoming trade deadline, <clears throat> which is March 25th. Um, we're just going to go through all the teams and their specific situations and what they should do, whether they're buying, selling, re- rebuilding contenders, you know, the usual. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with the teams that have the players that would be most valuable out of the available players. Obviously there are a lot of available players, but I would say that these three teams have the most players to sell on. Um, Starting with the Raptors with Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell. I think they're both expirings, correct? Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, They should, the Raptors are not, they just got blown out by the Hornets or it started off as a blowout. I don't know if it ended with a blowout, but they they lost. They lost. Yeah. Um, and they're just, they're not winning this year, whether you could blame it on a lot of things, you could blame it on them playing in, in Tampa or not in Toronto. You could blame it on just, or they could just be getting worse because they're getting older. Kyle Lowry's getting older. Um, so they have Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell. I think those are two players that they should definitely sell. Well, as we go through teams, we'll go through who would be interested in them. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Kyle Lowry, I've really only heard a lot of rumors on the Philadelphia 76ers, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and then there's Norman Powell, obviously. But then, so, I mean, we'll end up talking about them soon. But then we have another team that has a lot to sell, like the Houston Rockets. They have Oladipo, P.J. Tucker, Ben McElmore, um, Daniel House, Eric Gort. They have just tons of pieces that would be great individually on contenders or just teams wanting to add some wins to their um to their season this year yeah the thing about the rockets is that first of all they're on a like a 15 game losing streak i'm pretty christian sure. wood oh my god christian wood's been out for 15 games and they've lost 15 games <laughs> games it's pretty crazy um but the thing about the rockets is that they're all individually good players but they're they feel like it's just a bunch of players mixed together like john wall even yeah none of these players fit the team it's just a bunch of players I think the biggest question with the Rockets coming before the deadline is Oladipo has, he's an expiring. Obviously they got him to get any, I don't know. They gave up Karis LeVert for him, I guess. Not sure why they did that. Maybe they didn't want to deal with Karis LeVert's uh, medical situation. Um, but I think that he has to be traded Oladipo or else they really lost the Harden trade. They have to get some value back for him. But the question is what can you get for Victor Oladipo? He's shooting below 40% from the field, below 32% from three. He looks much slower on defense than he ever did. He looks slower overall, not like he did when he was in the dunk contest a couple years back. Nothing like his athleticism is a step down. Um, I feel like I'm just worried that it's going to be like a Drummond in Detroit situation where they try to trade him and they don't really get anything back except a second round pick. And I feel like then that's just really bad for the Rockets. Right. It's definitely tough. Um, the Rockets in terms of Victor Oladipo, but I mean, like you said, the Andre Drummond trade, um, I think it was just the best case scenario. Teams are very realistic when it comes to these players and their value to the teams. And that the, the honest truth is at the time Drummond peaked, he slow on defense. He was just not as good as he used to be. This is the same exact thing with Oladipo. The injury hit him hard. It's not really his fault that he's worse. He's just worse. No one's really putting blame on him, but I mean, trading him for a bad player in a second round pick would be much better than having him walk, obviously. And uh, if that's really the market for him, what can Houston do? I mean, that's annoying. But yeah, if they let him walk, though, and they don't even try to trade him, 
that would just be horrific. Yeah. Um, I think the, the next team is the Sacramento Kings, who are – they started to put off a bunch of wins together about like a month and a half ago, but then they went back to falling and lost a bunch of games. So they don't look like they're going to make the playoffs. Um, they have Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald, basically, who I think could – I think they're much – they're big contenders to be traded, those two players. Buddy Heald, I don't like the fit with Darren Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. I think they have their backward set or front backward. Um, and I think Harrison Barnes could help a lot of contenders, and I think they could get assets back, so they should flip them, especially when they're not winning games with him. Um, I think that Buddy Heald, he's 28, and he should be traded now. And I think one of the best secrets in the league – it wasn't really a secret, but I feel like he, Buddy Heald is just looked at as a young player and a young asset when he's 28. And I feel like that's the best thing the Kings have done in the last 15 years. And I think that he came, he came into the league at 24. I'm pretty sure now he's 28. People, people think he's like 24 still because he came – people think he came in when he was 19, as most rookies do. But he's very old. He's – He's in the middle of his prime, probably closer to the end of his prime. Um, his shooting is still elite, but not as good as it used to be this year, at least. I think they could get value back for both of those players. I think they should try to trade them. I think they're both interesting pieces because they're kind of a long-term big contracts. And honestly, before this season started, I could easily say that Harrison Barnes was, have, um, was a player with a bad contract in comparison to their actual skill set worse than Buddy Heald's contract in terms of his skill set. But now I would say the exact opposite. I think Harrison Barnes is a much more valuable player and has a has a similar contract to Buddy Heald, let's say. And Buddy Heald is less valuable and um, just less of a quality player to a lot of teams um, in terms of this trade deadline or just... Um, value. Yeah, just his overall value. Just, it's really not as good as Harrison Barnes, which is so underrated. Um, yeah, also, Harrison Barnes' contract does go down. I think it's it's at like 26 million, then it goes to 24, and then it goes to 22. I'm pretty sure. I actually, I think it's less than 26. I don't know. I don't think it's 26. I don't know. Um, okay. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, um, okay. So yeah. now those, those three teams, I think, have a lot to sell. Obviously, a lot more teams have a lot to sell, but I think those names will probably come up the most as we're talking about teams and what they should do and if they should make trades and if they should buy on players or sell um but a lot more players will come up and now let's just go through some teams and talk about their situations mock trades maybe what they should do starting with the best team in the east the philadelphia 76ers so i think a player that would i think they should buy obviously they're the best team in the in the east mm. um as of now record wise definitely mm. um they should, I think they should buy, try to just the rich get richer, you know? Um, so Kyle Lowry first, how do you feel about them trading for Kyle Lowry? Obviously there's the Villanova connection, um, Philadelphia. And I think that it would make sense. Um, yeah. So Kyle Lowry, you know, obviously at first glance at a Kyle Lowry to Philly trade, it's kind of like they already have Ben Simmons. He's what the second best player on the team. He's the point guard. That's weird. But I feel like we're taking, um, we're taking for granted Ben Simmons is a versatility. You know, Ben Simmons is six foot ten. Like at the end of the day, if he just plays with Kyle Lowry, and Kyle Lowry is the real point guard, and Ben Simmons plays at the literal four in this positionless style of basketball nowadays, it's not the end of the world. I think, depending on what the trade actually is, Kyle Lowry will 
probably 100% of the trades that you put up or that you make up, Kyle Lowry will make this team much better. And I think um, the amount of playmaking that will be in this lineup with a lineup, let's say, of Kyle Lowry, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Embiid, that, I mean, the, the playmaking between Lowry and Tobias Harris, when you mix that, I mean, sorry, Ben Simmons, the playmaking with Kyle Lowry and Ben Simmons, when you mix that with the shooters like Seth Curry, um, you have freaking Korkmaz, Danny Green, Tobias Harris is a, a scorer, but he could be a shooter. I mean, not to mention the MVP Embiid. I mean, this team reminds me of lots of elite playmaking teams like the Miami Heat with Bam Adebayo being a playmaker and no one, and Jimmy Butler and Drogic. And no one was really like the main scorer. They were all just a fluid offense, like the Nuggets with Jokic and Murray and Harris and all the, the big pass. It's just, it brings such an elite offense. And the Sixers already have an elite defense. I don't know what their actual rating is, but in my opinion, they're a top five defense in the league. You could argue they're one of the best with the Jazz and Lakers, but I mean, this defense is unreal. And you add Kyle Lowry, he's a good defender himself. Yes, you put Ben Simmons out of the point guard, so he, he might not be defending most point guards, but they, they have the, the luxury of putting either Lowry or Ben Simmons on anyone on the perimeter. Um, I really think it makes the Sixers my favorite to come out of the East. If they don't have to give up any big name for Kyle Lowry, I think it would be huge for the Sixers, and it would be a really, really fun matchup against the Nets in a seven-game series. But... I would put my money on the Sixers to come out of the East if Kyle Lowry gets added to this team. So that would be a really good trade. I like the trade a lot. I just think that I, what you said about taking the ball out of Ben's hands, I think Ben is one of the best passers in the league. And I think that adding a different player, I think Buddy Heald would fit this team better, actually. I think if you give up Matt... Would he, would he put them over the top? Like, would he make them a lot better? I mean, imagine running out Ben Simmons, Buddy Heald, Tobias Harris... Um, Seth Curry and Joel Embiid. Everybody on that team could knock down any three except for Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons will will be the one initiating all of it and creating the threes and everything. I think it would, the spacing would be amazing for Ben and for Embiid also. And I think I just I think that team could do so much. And I think all you would really have to give up is maybe Maxi, um, something to make the contracts work, and uh, and a pick maybe. Maybe you don't even need a pick. The only problem with that trade is I don't know why the Kings would want Maxi when they already have Tyrese and De'Aaron. But I think that I think healed on this team would be amazing. I think it would fit so well, and I think it would be better than Lowry. Well, I don't know. I mean, they have their shooters, but I don't know. I think you could always get more shooters. And then another player, as you said before, Norman Powell. I think he would also help this team a lot. They could, they should buy on Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. Um. The same reasons as healed really another or or maybe another scorer off the bench because shake milton started off really well from the season like maybe looked like six men of the year but he hasn't been playing as well and he hasn't been as valuable for this team so i think adding norman powell would would be great for their bench um the next team is the brooklyn nets um before we talk about adding defense obviously which is something they really need just i have a question for you do you think they're done making moves after adding Blake? Does Blake make a difference, do you think? Do I think realistically they will stop making moves? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But are, should they be done? No. I mean, I don't really think Blake answers many questions. Um, and if he plays like he did in Detroit, with, and this season I'm talking about, not like recently we had that 50-point game. Like what I'm talking about this season in Detroit when 
He didn't even dunk once. He was just a black hole on offense and defense. Like, it was just like, what's he even doing out there? This is a rebuilding team. You're hurting Jeremy Grant. Like, get off the team. And he ended up getting off the team. But, I mean, he was just – he just wasn't helping the Pistons. And I don't think he's going to help the Nets if he plays like he did in Detroit. Like, is he more valuable to Brooklyn than Jeff Green is to Brooklyn? Like, he'd be taking away Jeff Green's minutes or whoever would play the four or a small ball five, which is the dumbest decision to play Blake at the small ball five because he can't defend anyone. Unless he knocks down threes and that could space the floor, I guess. But you don't really need him to space the floor for you. I don't understand. I think – when people say how much he's going to help, it just shows how much they don't follow basketball and they don't know how bad Blake was at the beginning of the season. Unless he was faking it, he was awful. He couldn't move. He couldn't jump. He couldn't play defense. He couldn't hit shots. He couldn't even pass. And let's say he could pass. People are saying, oh, he helps their playmaking. It adds a whole other dimension to the Nets offense, adding a post-up playmaker. But, like, does it? And they don't need that. Exactly. They have Kyrie and Harden, and then they have Durant at, at ISO. They don't need more playmaking. They just need defense and maybe more three-point shooting because three-point shooting doesn't hurt. But they, I think it doesn't help. None of Maybe Blake will hit more threes now because he will be wide open and he won't be taking step backs and the offense will be creating for him. The offense will be creating opportunities and shots for him instead of him creating his own shots and opportunities. But I think it's just even if he, his three-point shooting is a little better than it was in Detroit, that's not what they need. They don't need that. And he hasn't even, as you said, he dunked zero times so far this season. <laughs> Does he not know how to dunk anymore? Because I, it's, I think it's just, it's wild. I don't know. What I do have to say about Blake Griffin is I think it does add a nice veteran presence to a team that's going to be in a lot of, a lot of tough situations where they need a guy who's been in the playoffs, who's been with elite players like Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, but they have three of those. No, I know, but the only guys with them, DeAndre Jordan's a good veteran like Blake Griffin is and would probably bring the, the same presence that Blake Griffin does, maybe a little less, but they're really depending on shooters like Joe Harris and Timothy Lowell Cabrera and all these like random, I guess Jeff Green, but I do think Blake playing him can add a level of like, He's not going to make a mistake. He's been here before, but that's really it. That's all I can say about Blake. Yeah. Okay. Now for moves that they should make. I think they need defense, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like if they could get Covington, but I don't think that's a possibility. If they could get PJ Tucker, that would be great. But I don't know. I don't know if they could. They should shop Dinwiddie probably because. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know big names they should get. They should just try to find defense. That's really all they need especially big man defense, because in a matchup with Embiid, um, DeAndre Jordan taking Embiid, that's, they're going to lose in four, if that's what <laughs> If Embiid's playing the way he's playing now. Now he's hurt now, so I'm not sure. He'll be back for the playoffs, don't worry. If, yeah, if he's back to what he was the first half of the season, then I, I, then they need big man defense. Jeff Green, take, Jeff Green or um, DeAndre Jordan taking Embiid is not going to do anything for you. So maybe they can get P.J. Tucker, but I think they need a big manager. Maybe Andre Drummond would be great. I still don't think he could stop Embiid, but that would be that would be very nice. Um, I don't even think they can stop Giannis right now. I, I think that they're so offense heavy, but they're I think Giannis would literally do what he did in the All-Star game. And he'll just go 16 for 16 from the field because he'll be wide open dunks and there's not gonna be anyone there. And yeah, Kyrie could go try hard and like try to box out and like DeAndre Jordan could try, but I just don't think they could stop those two power players in the East. So the Nets I, are an interesting team because 
like you said, Giannis, I mean, yeah, Giannis could easily just go like 20 for 20 and drop and like, do anything. Most players in the East or even the West or just, I mean, in the East, any team they go against, whether it's Embiid, whether it's the Butler, Bam, Heat, whether it's I mean, literally any team, you could have their stars go off night to night because, yeah, like you said, the defenders aren't there. But I feel like you could use the same logic for the Nets. Like Kyrie and Harden are going off and I think are on – in like I think they lost like one game maybe without Kevin Durant. I mean I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan, so obviously I'm not in favor of the Nets, but I really have to give credit where credit's due. I mean, that without Kevin Durant, they've been unbelievable, like unbelievable. And we've all been saying, everyone's been saying how this defense is going to stop them. And yeah, maybe come playoffs when they play actual good teams, maybe that's right. And I'm going to continue saying that because that's a logical conclusion to this team. But if you watch or just even look at the score of some of these games and some of the good teams that they've beat, these are some quality teams that they've just really outscored and they've outplayed with Harden's Harden's unbelievable. And I'm going to say this, James Harden is having the best season of his career. And if you look at, and if you look at his 2018 stat, I mean, when you look at stats, you're not really seeing much defense and with Harden, there's no defense. If you just look at James Harden's 2018 stats, he's averaging more assists and I think the same amount of turnovers. So this is the turnover ratio is better. He's averaging five less points, but that's because he's shooting, I think, like four less shots. He's shooting better from every area of the field this year than any other year he's ever played. And he's playing more minutes per, per game this season than any other season. And even when you look at this season when he didn't win MVP. Giannis did in 2019, but he averaged like 36 points a game. He's still scoring more efficiently this year, but obviously shooting less because he's playing with diff- with better scores like Kyrie and KD. And he just he's a better playmaker. And I think the 2019 season he had a really bad turnover ratio. This year, I think he's arguably the best playmaker this season with LeBron out, with Ben Simmons not really bringing his A game. LeBron so out. Not out. I mean, just without AD and without really showing out. And I think oh. LeBron not playing. No, he he missed one LeBron's, game. He missed one. Okay, fine. So LeBron is playing, but I really think Harden has been the best playmaker this year, and he's been unbelievable. And he and his, him without any defense. I mean, they're winning almost every game. He's he's the sole reason they are. And Kyrie's scoring obviously, but this Brooklyn team only has defense to worry about. And if they outscore teams, they'll be fine. Okay, if we're giving our hot takes about Brooklyn. Like compliment hot takes, Kyrie Kyrie Irving is the best scorer in the league, and I do not want to hear anyone saying anything else. No, Damian Lillard, he's more clutch. Damian Lillard hits every oh, yeah. shot on the clutch. Oh, like, yeah. Ridiculous. Um, Curry, no, Kyrie is a better scorer than Curry. I'd rather if I need two points, if I need three points, I'm giving the ball to Kyrie. Oh, over uh, Curry. I, three points over Curry. That's yeah, like weird. I I Kyrie is a. But I hear what you're saying. Team. No, Kyrie's a better over. Kyrie's a better overall scorer than Curry, definitely. Kyrie, his every he hits every shot and he's, he's yeah. ridiculous. It's okay. I just need to get that out of my system. Okay, now the Bucks. What do you think they they need? So I mean, depth is the number one issue with this team. Their oh defense they lost so much depth. Well, I'll, I'll give it to you in one second. Their defense is unreal. I mean, you go through a lot of the defenders on this team. They're they're a really good defensive team. Are they the best? No. Their offense, they have a lot of players that are capable of being great offensive players. Are they the best offensive team? No. Are they the worst? Are they the least deep team in the league? 
you could make that argument because they're off their bench and even their starting lineup, they have DiVincenzo and Lopez alongside their three stars, um, Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis, who are great. And that's a great big three and it fits really well together. But when we talk about DiVincenzo and Lopez, those are average starters at best. DiVincenzo has been pretty actually underrated. Brook Lopez has been just getting worse every season. Yeah, I want to talk about Brook Lopez for okay, a minute. You go. Um, I think he's been really bad this season. If you watch the games, he used to be reliable post up on the nets. Remember the net? Like he was, he could. Yeah, he was such a paint, good paint scorer. Oh my god. Yeah, and now he doesn't even go to the paint, and I don't think he can. He used to be a reliable three point shooter. Like uh, now the, he's just a shooter. He's, he doesn't hit. But he's not a good shooter. He's just a shooter. He's just a stretch five who can't hit threes. He's shooting thirty four percent, which is good, but that's all he does, and that's not that's not good. He's a chucker out there. Yeah, and his. His defense was very good the past few years, but this year it's not good, especially when they're switching on every single defensive. Like, they're trying out new things on defense. They're switching on everything because they never used to switch. And Brook Lopez cannot switch on defense. You can't have Brook Lopez on Damian Lillard at all. So I just – I think Brook Lopez has been very bad this season. No, but talk about their depth. Like, look, what what do you think about their depth and how it is right now? There's Giannis, there's Drew Holiday, and there's Middleton. Then there's Bobby Portis, DiVincenzo and Bobby Portis. That's that's who you're giving me. So in so let's say they need a starting five. So you're starting, you're starting in the playoff, not starting five. You need a closing five in the in game seven of the playoffs. You're giving me Giannis, Giordano, Chris Middleton, but then Dante DiVincenzo, who's 22, 23, and Bobby Portis, the biggest defensive liability. And he's not even he's not even like a scorer. He's he's playing well right now, but he's I, like I an effort guy. He just brings effort to the team. That's I'm right. a Knicks fan. I'm a Knicks fan. And last year he was unwatchable. And <laughs> I, I just that's who you're giving like they need another guy. And that's only five. Then then who? Then you have Brooke Lopez. He's not, I just said he's he's I don't think he's good. And then that's it. DJ Augustine, Bryn Forbes. Like yeah, they're all bad. They're all terrible. Pat Connington, how many plays are they gonna run for Pat? They Connington? play him so much more than he's actually valuable. They, you know minutes per game. Oh my god. Pat Connington is in every single like play. It's ridiculous. They he's a below him. average at literally everything. Something's and, terrible. But they use him for every single play. I think their yeah. bench is so so Norman Powell, I think, is somebody they could definitely change. Definitely. Um, I think they have the assets to get done, they don't have much first. Okay, now I have a really good shade, I think. It works on the trade machine. The salaries work. Okay, DJ Augustine, Brooke Lopez, and a first-round pick for Victor Oladipo. Why would Houston do that? They're getting a first. What else are they getting for Oladipo? Uh, yeah, we're talking about pick number 29, DJ Augustine, who you don't need, and Brooke Lopez, who's going to hurt your team more than help. Okay. I mean, I guess that's good for tanking. But, like, what What do you – What? What I, also I, a long-term I, just, deal. I just don't think Houston could get much for Victor Oladipo. I think that's more than they could get. Maybe if you I, put in like DJ Wilson or like any, fine, maybe even Divincenzo. If you argue Divincenzo in there, that's a good trade. No, I don't think you give in Divincenzo. Exactly. But maybe you give in another second, maybe a first if they have another one. They probably don't. You get two first for Oladipo or a first and a second. I think that's good value right now. I get. I, I mean, think that's better than other things, but. I think it were if we could find, come up as we go through if we could come up with a better trade for Oladipo then fine I think that's the best I think I've Denver heard. can put together a better trade yeah and so could New Orleans if they want to give Zion but I don't no think, I'm not, I'm not even talking about whatever we'll we'll get to that 
uh, I don't know. I think that it really helps the Bucks. But oh, uh, it definitely helps the Bucks. Yeah. And having Victor Oladipo as your fourth option—that's that's unbelievable. Okay, I don't know. We'll see. I think that, I think it, that that's a good trade, and I think it's not. Nobody says anything about that, obviously. But I think they DJ Augustine and Brooke Lopez's contracts add up to like twenty mil. Yeah, maybe it does. They, but I mean, they I could think. go after another player. I think I'm just. I don't think they can get a player. Like, like you said, like, Oladipo's not been so good. But, like, teams know how, like, Oladipo's capability. Like, if you're talking about Norman Powell, that's one thing. But Oladipo is capable of doing much more than Norman Powell can. Even Norman Powell on this team could basically, I think it would push them over the edge. Yeah, no, Norman Powell will help them as the fourth option a lot. And I think he's not as valuable as Oladipo at this time. Like, at March 25th, I think Norman Powell is going to be easier to get. So I'm with DJ Augustine, Brook Lopez in the first. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, next is the Hawks. So uh, the Hawks have a predicament because apparently John Collins is not like like a long term option on this on this team. You know, just because a player's a free agent, we're talking about a restricted one. Like, doesn't mean they're they're gone. Like, you have to trade them, and that's it. I don't think they see it as a future duo on John Collins and Shea Young. And I don't think John Collins wants to be there is what I understand from the situation. If, if that's really true, that's really unfortunate for Atlanta because I think they had something going. I think they had a really, really promising young core in the works. DeAndre Hunter has been unreal when he's healthy. Cam Reddish is, has, has actually a good amount of potential. Clint Capella, they stole him and he's been unbelievable, unbelievable recently. Um, Kevin Herter has been – I mean, they just have a lot of random young players that, that have been really good. I think John Collins fits almost perfectly with Trey Young. His defense has showed a lot of promise. If they end up trading John Collins, I want to see what the trade actually is before, you know, I get my hopes up about something. But if they just trade him away because, like, they need to get rid of him because they'd rather something than nothing, that's really unfortunate. I would give him whatever money he wants, whether it's $25, 30000000 I think it's fine. Um and then we're talking about a player like Bogdan Bogdanovich. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And, and Daniel Gallinari. Those players I would rather trade right now at the trade deadline over John Collins just because he has an expiring contract. I mean, resign them. Come on. He's a he's a 20, like four-year-old potential all-star. Like, no, John Collins should not be on the market. A- Atlanta should not be selling. Um, they, it's fine if they have, if they want to tank a little bit with the roster that they have, but they should be working on their young core and trading John Collins is not working on your young core trading Danilo or Bogdan is. I disagree. I think they didn't sign Bogdanovich, Gallo, Rondo, etc., to, to help their young core. I disagree with all those signings, but they, they did all those signings and I think they don't, you don't tank now after you're paying these people money. I don't think that's fair to them. And I don't think that's the direction they're going to go realistically, or I just don't see it. I think they, they, especially with the East wide open from six to 10, which are all playoff spots this year. Um, I think they should try to make a playoff push and they should buy on players. Um, I think they should try to make an upgrade at shooting guard because Chris Dunn, I love the idea of playing Chris Dunn next to Trey on defense next to, Trae Young's offense. Trae Young's offense did improve a lot since last year and the prior years before that, but it's still obviously not ideal or something you want. But Bogdanovich has been 
not reliable this year, only playing 12 games. He's shooting below 37% from the field and below 32% from three. Um, and only in not a lot of minutes, obviously, and not a lot of, that's not a lot of, like we can't make judgment off that small sample size, but I think that sh- they need to upgrade at shooting guard. I think Herter is very good. Herter is underrated actually. And that's not the reason they need to upgrade at shooting guard, but I think Herter is a very good playmaker, averaging, I think, like close to four assists on very small sample size because he doesn't have the ball in his hands so much since it's always in Trey Rondo's hands. But I think you should move Herter to the bench maybe and give him more of an opportunity to playmake, not next to Trey Young. Um, even though his, I like his fit next to Trey Young when he's shooting, but I think his, his playmaking is very underrated and I think he needs an opportunity to show that. So I think a trade that makes sense for them is Buddy Heald. And you give up Buddy, you get Buddy Heald for, and Daquan Jeffries, just a contract filler, for mm-hmm. Oneko Kongu, Chris Dunn, and Tony Snell. And I think um, I think it helps. I think Buddy Heald next to Chan would be very good, help their spacing, obviously, and help their shooting. And I think you're not giving much up besides for Oneko Kongu, who doesn't have a long-term fit on this team behind Capella unless they're trying to move Capella, which they're not. So I just, I think that it's interesting. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what else they could really do. Like, I'm just thinking there's not much other players they could trade for it. Obviously, if, if we're talking about that trade, um, Buddy Heald is earning like, I mean, we know Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald's earning like 20 million a year at shooting guard. You have Bogdanovich who's earning like 18 million a year. I think they're both like on two to three year deals. And then you have Kevin Hurt, whose growth is probably going to be stunted there. I mean, and then you have um, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. That's like a lot of shooting guard small forwards on this team. Yeah, you're right. Like a lot of them points. combined for almost forty million. Like I don't know, it's a stretch, but it's not a bad trade. Like for the Kings, I could see that getting a young. I like center, it for the Kings. I like getting Oneko Kongu for the Kings, and I yeah. think getting Buddy Heald to the Hawks is good. But I feel like the Hawks already just have so many players. They don't yeah. need any players at any position, but I think none of their players like they, they should sell. They should sell. I don't know. I think selling would just not be good with, and it wouldn't fit with what they've done in the past year. No, I don't think they will sell, but they should sell. I don't know. I think they're in a position to make a playoff push, especially when DeAndre Hunter comes back. Oh, he's been crazy good. He's been injured though. I think that would solve most of their problems and that would put them in the playoffs. Definitely. Um, If they're trading John Collins though, an interesting trade would be to Minnesota because I saw they they it said they would give up everything for him. I think um, Jared Culver, Jaden McDaniels, and two or three firsts for John Collins and Brandon Goodwin. I think that that's a good trade. I think getting Culver and McDaniels is just more that's more of a sell trade, even though selling on John Collins is not the person you would want to be selling on. But I think. I think Jared Culver really just needs a new a new environment. I, he drafting Anthony Edwards after him was not that was not good for his career. Maybe if you uh maybe if you swap Bogdanovich and Luke Beasley in that trade, I like that. That's interesting. That would work. Yeah, I would that would be interesting in that trade. But if I'm the Hawks, I don't want to give up John Collins. Like I can't think of a easier to get better second option next to Trey Young than John Collins. You already have him. Like. What's a better player? I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I just, I I see it coming. It's really unfortunate. Okay. The next team is the Miami Heat. 
Um, so in terms of the Miami Heat, in the beginning of the season or the first half before All-Star break, everyone's having their questions. Were they a fluke? Are, are they done? Blah, blah. Look at the standings right now. They're the four seed. They're not done. They just suffered injuries and they had a hard schedule. Now, I think I, I saw they have one of the easiest schedules. So they could end up with a top three or top four seed, if we're being honest. This this team's ready for the playoffs. And we saw last year they were the five seed and they made all the, the finals. They're, they're, re- they're ready for the playoffs. Um. But I do think that a big hole in this team is the Jay Crowder thing. They really need a power forward. Kelly Olenek will not cut it in the playoffs. Um, and they thought, you know, maybe um, Mo Harkless would be their Jay Crowder replacement. Like he was kind of similar to that in Portland like three, four years ago. But that was three, four years ago. And there are a lot of power forwards that I think that could fit this team pretty well. And that might be easy to get. I'll just throw a couple names out there. Rudy Gay, Covington, Thaddeus Young, and Paul Millsap. Those are all guys that have been pretty solid in the first half of the season. And if Miami puts in a couple of young players like Kendrick Nunn, Precious Achua, maybe like Avery Bradley, if they're re- it's unrealistic. But if they really want to get a great power forward, they can try to put in Tyler Hero for like John Collins. Like maybe that's an interesting situation. But Tyler Hero is just overvalued by the Heat. Um, so he's not going to be traded. But I think they have a shot at getting a good power forward for the playoffs. And I think they should pull the trigger on guys like Rudy Gay, Covington, Thaddeuson, or Paul Millsap. Yeah, I agree. They do. That's probably the the position they need the most at as an upgrade. I think power forward losing Jay Crowder was bad, but um, I think that they're not going to get Robert Covington after Portland gave two firsts for them. Right? They gave the fourteenth pick and another unprotected first. I don't think I don't think Miami's going to give anything to that value to Portland after Portland already gave that up. They'd have to give more because it wouldn't make sense for Portland to just trade assets for Covington and then trade Covington for less assets. That would just not make sense. So I don't think Covington's really on the table. Rudy Gay, I think, is is realistic, but I think it's a drop-off from Jay Crowder. Um, no, he's not as good as Jay Crowder, but... He's better than Kelly Olynyk though. Yeah. And Myers Leonard. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, and then Thad Young um, and Paul, Paul Millsap, I think. Paul Millsap would be ideal, but I don't know... Denver. No, his contract, that's actually bad. That was bad of me to say. His contract's huge. He's on an expiring deal, which is why I thought Denver would try to sell him. But his contract's huge, I think, right now. I think. That's why I like the fit in. Yeah, no, I love the fit, but I think Denver. they don't have money. No, I love the fit in Denver. Yeah, but well, I don't. Yeah, the fit in Miami's better, probably. But I love the fit in Denver. And I don't no, think the fit in Denver is great. And they don't have their backup power forward to Jermichael Green. He's really a center. Like, it, 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 we'll talk about Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green's been playing power forward, and he's been playing well. <laughs> Defensively, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. That's true. Uh, okay, so Thad Young, I think, out of the names, and Rudy Gay are the most realistic out of them. I think them. Thad Young for either Kendrick Nunn or Precious Achua, you pack a trade like that. I think it's a great trade for both I teams. think Kendrick Nunn's been so good this season. I don't think you give him up for Thad He's averaging like 15 on very, very good efficiency. I don't think you give him yeah. up for, for Thad Young or Rudy Gay. Right, so maybe Precious Achua to try to win now. I could see that. The names I came up with it was Collins, as you said. Um, Harrison Barnes would fit would fit the Jay Crowder role very well. I think that's realistic. I think Draymond maybe if you could steal him. I think I, I feel like I view the Warriors as such like an untouchable uh, players. Like why would they trade Draymond? Like Draymond's such like a, he brings so much more than his stats say, and his stats are really cool. Like his defenses and his steals and his assists are so unbelievable. But like he just brings so much effort that like. And his contract's huge also, and it's long-term, like 23 a year. 
and he's old and he, he'll only provide a certain amount per team. Like if you drop him on the Rockets, he's not going to drop like 20 a game. Like he's not going to do anything for the Rockets. So like he's only valuable on good teams and the Heat are a good team, but I don't know if the Warriors. I don't know if it's realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be a cool fit though. Yeah. Um, Another thing about the Heat, just quickly, is I think Duncan Robinson, this year his three-point shooting fell off a little, but I've watched a lot of Heat games, and I think they just – they don't use him to how much they could use him. Like, mm-hmm. when he's open, it's it's like he's clay. He's literally clay on offense. He, they play is, this it, is he shooting that well this season? No, he's shooting 39%. Mm-hmm. That's all, That's very good, though. That's very good. I think he shot much better last like, – I don't – Yeah, think last year he much. shot like 45, I think. He's in a slump. He's not as elite as he was. Okay, I think he's in a, I think all it is is a slump though. Yeah. Okay, but I think watching him play, like they should just run him off picks from Bam the whole game. Like obviously he's not the defender Clay was, but I think Spolstra should just look at Steve Kerr's game plans for Clay and just run the same plays. And I think that would just be I think But I think a lot of it was drawing the def- like the spacing of the twenty any twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen were the spacing on any of those teams was unreal and it left guys like clay or like any shooter open we're talking about clay he's gonna hit almost 50 percent of his threes like the spacing of steph and having to double him sometimes and like they don't like who's gonna why are they doubling drogic or butler like it's gonna be that's true defenders are learning how to defend duncan robinson because they it's such a readable play and you he's the shooter you have to watch there's no one else yeah um Um, Next team is the Celtics. What do you think they should do? So they have to use this trade exception. I mean, after all the hate they've been getting this season from whether you want to blame Tatum, whether you want to blame Smart being out, whether you want to blame Brad Stevens or Kemba, you could blame anyone you want. They've been underperforming a lot the first half of the season. Um, they, they have a huge opportunity to improve this roster. And I think a big reason was Gordon Hayward leaving and obviously talked last podcast about all the players that left in recent years, which has been so embarrassing. Um, yeah. Oh my God, Danny Ainge, what are you even doing? But now they have an opportunity. They have, I think, a $27 million trade exception. It, it, it's such a big opportunity to get any player or to get three players off your bench that can add up to $27 million. So I think the best name, there's a lot of names like Harrison Barnes, Vucevic, Drummond, Miles Turner's at bonus. We're talking about a lot of like stars or even non-stars. But I really think I really think the best name that would fit this team perfectly that could maybe fill in for that Gordon Hayward mold is Harrison Barnes. I think the backup forwards are extremely weak. Like I'm talking about Semi Ojale, Aaron Neesmith, Grant Williams. Like these are bad, bad players. And if Tatum has a bad game, which sometimes he's been having, or Jalen Brown recently has been having bad games, you don't have offense or even just defenders or quality role players off the bench to fill in that role like they did with Gordon Hayward last year. Harrison Barnes would be the best option. Well, Harrison um, Barnes and Gordon Hayward are very similar players. Exactly. That's why it would fit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, Barnes, I think Vucevic and Drummond, I think would be even Drummond more than Vucevic would be very ideal. I think they don't, they still don't have a paint presence. They don't. I think yeah. that, would, that would fit. Okay. But here's two question marks. So Miles Turner has come up a lot and she talks to the Celtics and maybe they could have done Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner in the offseason in a signing mm-hmm. trade. And then what about Sabonis? This is like segueing to the Pacers, but at what point do this the Pacers trade Sabonis and Brogdon and Turner and 
um, TJ Warren and Karis LeVert maybe even. I think this team, when even fully healthy, isn't making it anywhere in the East, especially with the Nets now. And even the Celtics, and the, the Celtics on their way up, they still have Tatum and Brown. Um, the Sixers on their way up with Simmons and Embiid being young. And um, in the box with Giannis long-term, I just, I don't think this team, the Pacers will ever, no, no free agents are going to say like, Oh, let me go to Indiana. Like that's not happening. I don't think. So at what point do they say, we're not going to win with this team. We need to start over through the draft, maybe through trades, getting young players and just rebuild fully. Um, One thing you need to realize about Sabonis is he's 24 years old. So for, okay, so a, even, yeah. for a rebuilding team or a team that maybe wants to go in the direction of rebuilding, because right now they, they're in the playoff race last year. They were the forcing in the playoffs. We're not going to forget that. But for a rebuilding team to trade a 24-year-old all-star is kind of a stretch. But trading guys like Turner, who are young, yes, but aren't really panning out to be as good as they can be, that's definitely something to trade. Um, I don't know how old Malcolm Brogdon is, but he's not – as young as Simone, it's probably like 27, 26, maybe. He, him, him uh, Malcolm Brogdon is definitely someone to trade. They acquired Karis Lever, who's actually playing his first game right now for the Pacers. I don't know how good he's going to be for the Pacers long-term, but they definitely have a lot of guys. <clears throat> and a lot of them are under contract for actually a good amount of time. A lot of guys that, that they can um, piece together um, to build a quality team. So I don't, I don't know if you you're saying what point do they trade Sabonis? Because I think that's a long time. If we talk about Miles Turner, I think for the right trade, the Pacers will trade Miles Turner because he's a young center who's not really as good as they hope to be. So if we're talking about the Boston Celtics, I mean, in terms of the center, unless you're getting a guy like Drummond or someone close to elite, they have three, they have um, Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, who's young and, um, Tristan Thompson. Thompson. So adding Miles Turner to that bunch, like, what does it really do? I don't know. I mean, Miles Turner is one of the best, like, he might be defensive player of the year this year. No, he's very good, but Daniel Tice is a good defender. If you, if you put him in the trade and you upgrade and you get rid of him, you don't get rid of other bench depth, which I think is the biggest problem with the Celtics. Yeah. That's fine. I I think you're right. They need like a Gordon Hayward replacement, not a Al Horford replacement. Yeah. Okay, let's transition to some of the teams in the Eastern Conference that just that don't have such crazy moves to make that are more quick. Um, the Bulls. So, I mean, the Bulls are in an interesting situation. They're rebuilding really well. They have Zach Levine, who's unreal, and a lot of people say to trade him, but he still has next year left on his contract. So it's not like you're going to lose him this offseason. He's going to be on the team next year regardless. Um, so he's not someone you need to trade or even need to talk about trading. Like, keep him happy because he's having his best year offensively by far, one of the best defensive seasons in the league right now. Um, but an, a player to look at is someone like Lauren Markkinen, who you can shop shop around, because if you're not willing to pay him all the money, maybe another team is, and it could be one of those situations where it's a sign-and-trade next year during the offseason. But you could try trading him right now, but unless it's an offer that you just can't refuse, I wouldn't really just touch anything. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like when the, Wendell Carter Jr. just shout out his his footwork is very good. That's all funny, I love him. Well, okay. Then the Knicks. So yeah, I mean we're both Knicks fans. Um, they're in an interesting situation. 
they've been a surprisingly good team, which is great and obviously so good. They're in the playoff race right now. Um, they have, I think, the hardest schedule in the league. Like, yeah, the can, we talk about, can we talk about that real quick? As Knicks fans, not being biased, do you think that they will make the, the playoffs? Like, is it this sustainable? To make a prediction, I think they're going to be one of – I think they're going to be one of the teams fighting for the play-in tournament. If they fall off that hard, that will be so embarrassing. But I think they're going to end up losing one of those games because they're not capable of – like, I don't know. They're going to lose one of those games. Their defense is so, so good. But one of the biggest – one of the best, like, attributes of their defense is that teams don't shoot well against them. Exactly. But what happens when teams do shoot well against them? Right, because teams have been shooting well against good defensive teams. Like, the Jazz have been facing up against great shooting teams. Like, it's not fair to the Jazz. They've been trying their hardest, but sometimes, like, great offense beats good defense. Like, I mean, there's nothing they can do. But to the Knicks, they've been so fortunate. The second half of the season is going to be really hard. But if they succeed, they'll be in the playoffs. But okay, yeah, very but hard. I think RJ is taking steps in front of us during the season. Like we're watching live improvement, which you don't see often. Yeah. You usually see someone has an okay season, then next season's good, then next season's better. Like then like off season, they improve a lot. But like RJ, these past three months have been so much better than the first one. And then even RJ this week, as opposed to two weeks ago, is so much better than what we've seen. I think, I think that's, that could And be- another thing to monitor about the Knicks is that Julius Randle has a team option, which honestly might end up getting um, declined by the Knicks. And I don't mean to get rid of him. I mean to re-sign him on a long-term deal. I think they will do that. I, I, that's my prediction. I think that would be very smart because, like, why wait another year to sign him on a long-term deal? Or I think you could ex- you could extend him. I don't think they need it's to. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's just enough Knicks talk. Um, the Hornets? Yeah, the Hornets are in such a great direction. I mean, when we talk about one of the most boring and just bad franchises in the past 10, 15 years, Kemba Walker's really been the only sign of light for this team. But they drafted LaMelo Ball, which a lot of people have been skeptical about, including me. I didn't know how good LaMelo was going to be. I was a big LaMelo fan before, just saying. The big LaMelo fan. I mean, at the time, I knew that LaMelo was going to sell tickets. Um, and that would be perfect for Charlotte because, like, it's such a small, like, area. And it's a bad basketball team in general always. But, I mean, LaMelo Ball has been such a hyped player um, for his entire career. I think he has, like, 3 million fans. And I think just his hype alone in the first two years of his career will sell enough tickets, which is just amazing for Michael Jordan and his franchise. The signing of Gordon Hayward, I'm going to say right now, that's a good signing, okay? I don't care what that contract is. They weren't spending on anyone else. That's a good contract. I said – no, no free agents were coming to Charlotte anytime soon. Exactly. Charlotte, right? And Gordon Hayward is putting up all-star numbers, just saying. And the Terry Rozier sign-and-trade uh, for Kemba Walker to the Celtics, blah, blah, blah. They signed him to a big contract. Everyone was so skeptical. Look at Terry now. You could argue he's better than Kemba Walker. That could be a stretch. But honestly, Terry Rozier has been one of the clutchest players in the league. He's hitting these dumb shots to win games. He's been an incredible three-point shooter. I think over shooting over 40% from three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they have a lot of good young players to piece around LaMelo and Gordon Hayward for this season alone, like P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, Malik Monk's been great. And LaMelo Ball is taking steps in the right direction. He's potential. His potential's the sky's the limit of his potential. I don't even know. I don't know what his potential is. Yeah, but just for trade trade deadline talk, I just I don't think they should do much. Yeah, I think the only big like expiring contract is unrestricted free agent is is Cody Zeller. 
Um, Malik Monk's a restricted free agent. So I'm sure they're going to re-sign him unless they're just dumb and let him walk because he's a good young backup shooting guard. Um, but Cody Zeller, they could try to trade him now. He's a big – I don't know. So yeah, he's fun with the team. Like, he's throwing down crazy alley oops. I, I like P.J. Washington to play the small ball five. I love P.J. Washington. Yeah. Next, the Wizards. So, uh, Washington's such a weird team. Before the season, I had no idea where to rank them. I didn't know where Russell Westbrook was going to be. I didn't really know where Bradley Beal was going to be. But I think a lot of us have been underrating this team because of how they've been underperforming. Um, and a lot of what happened in the beginning of the season is not going to be what happens in the end of the season. Not just in terms of the Wizards. A lot of teams, you're going to see a big change in narrative of what we talk about about a lot of teams. And I think the Wizards are someone that a lot of people are going to start respecting. And they might push themselves into the playoffs. I don't know how hard the schedule is. I don't know how well this team is. This team's going to play. But, you know, Russell Westbrook's been actually been probably the most underrated player in the league with all the hate that he's been getting. He's just been phenomenal game Another after game. Tonight. Another triple-double in a loss. But, I mean, the second-best player, Davis Bertans, Ruhachimura. Like, he's not a bad team, but – I think this team could end up coming together when all healthy. Um, in terms of the trade deadline, Thomas Bryant getting injured is a really big blow. Um, they tried signing Alex Land. And they, I don't know, even know who they're playing at center. I think Mo Wagner, they're playing at center, which is rough. And there are a lot of centers um, that, that are available. When we talk about teams, like talking about the Pistons soon, Mason Plumlee is available. He's a quality I think maybe you could argue above average starting center. We're not above average starting center. He's like a quality starting center for a team like the Wizards. He's a really good playmaker, Mason Plumlee, and a pretty solid shot blocker at the rim. So I think that's that's someone they could pull the trigger on for like maybe Jerome Robinson, a lot of the random young players. They're not even playing. Ish Smith, I don't know. He's not young, but a lot of just random players on this team. They have a lot of moves that they could potentially make. It's just a matter of whether they pull the trigger or not. And it looks like they're all pushing for the playoffs. They don't really have such a good young core, so might as well try. Yeah. Um. Did they get an accept like a a thing for um Thomas Bryant being injured? Yeah, but I don't. I think it's really small. It's like five million, and there's no free agent on the market. I mean, unless they use it in a trade, if that's possible, to like have extra money to take on a big contract. But I don't know. I don't know if they did. They probably did because out the whole season. Okay, what I was thinking for the Wizards is maybe they could trade Drummond. I don't trade for Drummond. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad move at all, actually. But the contracts don't really work, but they could find yeah, a way to make it work. I think with the exception for with the injury exception thing, like with if they do Robin Lopez and Ish Smith, let's say, let's and then obviously assets also. But I'm saying just those two to make the contracts work. I think Bertans. Bertans is making 15 mil, but I don't think they would give up Bertans. Like, I think they could try to do it with... Why not, though? I don't know. He's shooting so well from three. But, mm, I mean, he's a good shooter, but... And if they want to win now, then I guess. But if they want to also look in the direction of... Like, Rachmar had a great offensive game tonight. Yeah, but defensively, he's one of the... Obviously, is Bertans better? No. No. Does Drummond answering your defensive questions? Not really. More than this situation, yeah. But th- there's other defensive centers they can get. I don't know. I mean, no, Drummond's not a bad idea. If the contracts work, then I guess pull the trigger. But I don't know. There are other teams that want him for more. I think if they get creative, they could make the contracts work. Yeah. 
Um, next is talking about Drummond. Let's just go to the Cavs. I think that they should they should trade Drummond, obviously, or buy him out. Um, I think they should trade him. They they have to find something to do. Like I bet you they could get value back for him. And it would be it would be pretty nice for the Cavs to have gotten him for basically nothing and to get something back for him more than just like this weird little rental they did. Because if they don't get him back, if they don't get anything back, it's just it's kind of weird. Then they lost the second round pick and they just lost the second round pick. Like it's kind of weird. But it's kind of nothing. It's like a come and go. Like they didn't really lose anything. A second round pick's nothing. Yeah, for renting Drummond for two years, I guess. Um the question I have with the Cavs is Kevin Love. <laughs> I don't I does he still exist? Like I'm not. He played he played two games this season and they've been really bad, or three games maybe. But last year he played 56 games or 57 games out of like the 70 games that the Caps played, which isn't so bad. I think less because of the bubble. The yeah, really- probably even less. I was just guessing 70, but probably less. Um played 56 and he averaged like 37% from three and like 17 and a half points. Like you're telling right. me that, that cannot that won't help like the the trailblazers or yeah. the, uh, even the box. Obviously the contract's massive. But like I, he has to be able to help someone. I don't. I just. I haven't heard his name at all, and I think he should be. They should sell him for anything, anything. I mean, the contracts of Drummond and Kevin Love is. I think the only reason why they haven't been traded until now. Like, it's it's so unmovable. Unless we talking about to the Celtics for the trade exception. That's obviously. Kevin Love. Could help them. Kevin Love. Kevin Love could pass. Yeah, Kevin Love would definitely help the Celtics. One hundred percent. If they use a trade exception, that would be great. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Boston wants that. I think is he, is he, I don't think he's injured, though. I think he's in the same situation as, like, Blake was and Drummond is and all these players. Like, oh, they're not playing until they get well, Why would Kevin Love not play? I think they're just not playing him. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Keep him healthy so that he has value? I'm not sure. But there is a player that does exist on the Cavaliers named Larry Nance Jr., who who's 28, and he's not really a piece to this um, Cavalier future. Um, but I think he's been a real reason why the Cavs have been in the playoff hunt for the first half of the season. He's been such an underrated defender, you know, in the clutch, he's been knocking down some shots and he's been such a great stretch big. Um, and I think a team like the Brooklyn Nets could use him really well. I mean, they don't have an answer for center in, in the, you know, if, if you need a, <clears throat> an end starting five at a clutch situation, like, I don't think they want DeAndre Drummond to be at center. Um, like, Larry Nance Jr. could definitely be a guy um, <clears throat> that's valuable to them and can contribute a lot to them. Um, but I don't know. That's really the only player that I can think of on the Cavs that would they could sell on. But I don't know. Yeah. Um. Now for the Magic, they should sell. I think. I don't. I think they're in the same situation as the Pacers. As I said before, that the Pacers should trade people. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs with this team. And even more so than the Pacers, they really just have Vucevic. And yeah, Aaron Gordon and um Jonathan Isaacs has been injured and he was looking like one of the best defenders in the league a young defender mm-hmm. um but I think they should trade Vucevic trade trade Fournier trade everyone and just build around Cole Anthony and Mobamba obviously Cole Anthony hasn't been I have Markel oh yeah totally forgot about Markel I, I know totally him and Jonathan Isaac have been injured yeah I'm not, that like Cole doesn't need to play point guard Cole's not a good passer so you have Markel Cole Jonathan Isaac and Mamba, that's a good four to build a team at. And then whatever you get back for Vucevic, you could get something back. That's why I think that's why I think if they if they they have an opportunity to tank this year. If they trade Fournier at the deadline, 
and they're left with literally just Vucevic. And they could get away with like sitting Vucevic, like like they can do like an Anthony Davis situation where they just sit him for like. I don't think they're gonna get fined for that. So if they really just pull out the, if they're really smart and they pull out the big tank and they try to get a top pick potentially to pair that with a young core, not even a young core, just a, a talented core of Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, um, Nikola Vucevic. I mean, they, ha- they have a promising team in the works. A lot of them are injured. So I think like the Warriors did where they were all injured and they got the number two pick, James Wiseman. Like they could pull something off like that. That's interesting. That's a nice route they could go. I think, I think they should just stay like clean and not like people don't like what the Warriors did. They think it was, it was dumb. And like, obviously the rich got richer and they got the second overall pick for like, even though they're still a good team and like the top picks are supposed to be for bad teams, not being bad for one season because you were injured. Mm -hmm. So I think they could keep people happy. And I think they should just trade Aaron Gordon, trade Fournier, trade Vucevic and they'll get young players back for them. Don't trade for draft picks. Don't be Sam Presti. Be the opposite. Create your own. I don't know. Who's the GM of the Clipper? The Magic. I don't know. But I don't know. whoever that is, they should, he should create a name for himself of trading for young players. Like what the Pistons have been doing. We'll do the Pistons next. But they mm-hmm. traded for Tammy Diallo, Dennis Smith Jr. I think um, – who else? Another person. Well, it, it's, it's really good that they're doing that because a lot of us had questions. I think we talked with them in one of our podcasts. We had a lot of questions before the season um, about their direction and them signing guys like Mason Plumley and Delon Ray and um, I think no Jeremy Grant was a good signing but I don't it wasn't like, it wasn't when it happened we were all but, like yeah because he, he wasn't as good he improved a lot but a lot of the random veteran signings like Wayne Ellington and this and that we were like why are they pushing for the playoffs like they don't actually want to they don't think they can make the playoffs right so now this Diallo trade the Svima Kylik. Um, in a second for Diallo. Um, what was another move? No, I think that was the only like move they did this season. And Dennis was junior. Oh yeah, Den- yeah, you're right. Dennis was junior for Derrick Rose. Yeah. Getting rid of Blake Griffin, like it's just showing if they're in the right direction is very promising. And they actually are building an underrated young core with Sadiq Bay. Not a good young core, but underrated one. I think yeah, I think the Magic should also do what they're doing. Trade for players like Hamidou Diallo. Maybe they could trade for Nolakino or Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox isn't playing. Trade for Kevin Knox. Give him a chance. He's shooting very well from three this season. He's just not getting minutes. Yeah. They could trade for players like that. I think that would really benefit the Magic. And I think they have a very nice young core of Cole, Foltz, Bamba, Isaacs, and whatever young players they could get back. I think that in a few years, that's a fun team. Mm-hmm. And then we basically talked about the Pistons just now. But do you have any moves they should make? Yeah, um, I think you could try to get rid of any of the veterans you have left. So I think two big names that could be valuable to teams are DeLon Wright um, and Mason Plumlee. So in terms of DeLon Wright, we're going to talk about the Clippers soon when we get over to the West in a second. But there's tons of point guards that are on the market potentially. Like off the top of my head, like Patty Mills, George Hill, like random point, point guards that would be that would help the Clippers playmaking since they're in such need of it. Um, so I think DeLon Wright could help that and bring a little bit of scoring, but um, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But Mason Plumlee also for a team that needs a center, like we're talking about the Washington Wizards. I think that's a match made in heaven. Mason Plumlee would help the Wizards so much, but I don't know. Yeah. They, I, again, they should just, they should also continue their, their direction. They're going and trade for these players that maybe need a new environment. Maybe Jared Culver, like I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, now for the West, the Jazz. 
Yeah, there's absolutely nothing I can think of that would put this team over the top. They've been unreal. There's nothing to say. Do you think they're the favorites? Like, do you think they really could? Be no, they're favorites? not because the LeBron and AD are better. But and there, there's been so many regular season teams that have been too good and then bad in the playoffs, like the Bucks, the Raptors. I mean, it's just one of those. I don't think they're gonna make the finals. The Lakers are have better players in terms of like in the clutch, like LeBron and AD. Like, we're questioning them now because the Jazz. No, we're not. But the Jazz are definitely the biggest threat to them, a huge threat. Yeah, I was listening to Zach Lowe talk about them and, like, what he thinks what their problems are. And he said that, like, in the playoffs, they're running a five-man lineup of probably Conley, um, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, because he's been playing great. Like, in closing time, I'm saying. Jordan Clarkson, mm-hmm. Royce O'Neal, and Gobert, right? That's their closing five, probably. Or, like, Bogdanovich or Ingles instead of Clarkson, whatever they want. I think he's – I don't know. I think Clarkson – Well, the Jazz – I'm going to say the Jazz is the deepest team in the league. I hear that. I can't think of a deeper team. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, Dark Favors. Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot. They're very deep. Yeah. I just think that they're, whoever their fifth player is on defense in that in that lineup is going to be targeted. Like, yeah, probably. If it's – And, like, Rorsen is a good defender, but, like, if when they play the Lakers, he's supposed to stop LeBron? Like, no. Yeah, Royce O'Neal. Everyone's saying, like, oh, he's having a defensive. He's gonna. I think he'll be an all-defensive team, honestly. No, he won't. He won't. I think he will. Mikhail will. He won't. Nah, Royce, come on, no. Nah. I think he will. I don't know. We'll see. But, like, we're talking about the Clippers being a threat. They have Kawhi and Paul George, who, I mean, LeBron's one of the best players of all time. Like, they're capable of stopping him some plays. Like, Royce O'Neal, I don't think he has the capabilities Kawhi has. To just stop, like, I don't know. Like, I don't trust him to stop LeBron. I don't trust anyone to stop LeBron on the Jazz. Rudy Gobert at the rim could stop AD. Will he, though? But he, like, can't, but he can't stop AD at, on the perimeter. Exactly, 100%. We're yeah. in the mid-range. The Lakers need right. Anthony Davis back, and it's, it's over. Whatever, that's... When he comes back, yeah. He's not out forever. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> um, now the Suns. Yeah, I mean, this Suns team is one of the most surprising teams in the league. Some people, they weren't. Like, I think Kendrick Perkins said they were going to be a top three seed in the West. I think I remember him saying that. I was like, what are you saying? But Chris Paul, man. Carry on. What? Carry on. Oh, yeah. Kendrick he's, he's so weird on Twitter. Um, Chris Paul, he is just one of those all-time point guards that is making an impact at age, like, 36. Talk about LeBron being so good. At 36, Chris Paul is making impacts on any team he's on at whatever age he's on. He's a timeless player. And um, this roster seems ready on paper, but I think they can get a, another, like, backup guard maybe because their backup guards are weak. I can't even – Javon Carter and, like, Langston Galloway are the backup one and two, which is horrific. Um, Mikhail could play the two, I guess. I mean, he could, but I think they play him at two or three. And I mean, he doesn't back up. He starts. Sorry. They have a lot of big men. Um, you can go down the list. DeAndre Aiden, Cam Johnson, Dario Sarge, Jalen Smith, who is one of the worst draft picks I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, can um, I just – Jalen Smith is so bad. Where was he yeah. drafted? Like ten, nine. nine. Eleven or ten. Eleven? Mm, I think ten. ten. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Matisse Thibault was on the board. Having Matisse Thibault – What are you talking – Not Matisse Thibault. Tyrese Halliburton. My bad. Yeah. Having Tyrese Halliburton under Chris Paul for like a year. Yeah. And they need a backup point guard. 
Yeah, they do need a back. Like, I, it's crazy. I don't get why they did that. I guess they have a whole lot of power forward, but like, no. what? They have Jake. Oh, I forgot Jake Crowder. My bad. Oh they yeah, they have Jake Crowder. Big... Was wait, was the draft before or after Jake Crowder? The draft was before. Okay, so then it, it makes more. They have Cam Johnson. They still had Dario Saric. Like so weird. It was such a bad pick. I'm still weird. scratching my head at that one. I don't know. That was weird. But yeah, no, I said Matisse Thybulle because I think they should like obviously a person they should, could go after is just defensive minded Matisse Thybulle, and he doesn't play so much, so he's easy to trade for. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I meant Terry Salvador. Yeah. Um. Now the uh, Lakers, both of our favorites. Oh, I have a trade for them. Um, the Lakers try to package Kyle Kuzma, Taylor Horton Tucker. It was actually a promising young score. Two promising young scores, actually. Yeah, is is Taylor Horton Tucker really promising? Like I've watched a lot. A little of bit, players. yeah. In he, in the right in the right um the right environment, he can score a little bit. I I don't know. I feel like he's just one of those guys that they're like letting like they're like we rather Taylor Horton Tucker score off of us than LeBron, so let's <laughs> him open, and then he scores, and then everyone's like, wow, he could score. But like I don't know. I just I don't, I don't know. know. I think he has a little bit of potential, but like not just scoring though. He's not going to be a good NBA player. Yeah, I think they they should sell. They should sell. Yeah, but the trade is Kyle Kuzma, Taylor and Tucker, and like whatever picks the Raptors want for Norman Powell. Um, we've been talking about Norman Powell the whole podcast, but I think a big reason is because it's the perfect situation for a buying team that wants Norman Powell because they're on a team that is going to start to get into the direction of rebuilding. And he's an expiring contract and he's playing unreal. Like, look at his past games 50, 40, 90. I think um, around that for the season, um, he's been going crazy. Yeah, yes. Like, what? He's so efficient. Yeah, he's having crazy efficient nights, just scoring on everyone. His corner threes, like, it, it's just, it's a match made in heaven for any contending team to want him. Like, the Lakers love guys like, Contavious Cottle, Pope, Alex Caruso, like all these random shooting guards. And Norman, Powell Powell is more, Norman Powell could create a shot more than. Yeah, he's a better player. So yeah. I think that would really help them off the bench. And like it would it would lower their weaknesses. Yeah. Head now to the other side of LA. I guess it's the same side of LA, but the Clippers. Wait, wait, but, but do you think they should get Drummond? Because there's tons of Drummond rumors. Oh, the Lakers? Yeah. Yeah. I think. I don't. Uh, if they, you don't think they should, if they could, no, like for buying him, like if he's bought out, they should not try for him. Oh my, my gosh, it would be it, that's a match made in heaven. You want to talk about it's disgusting. matches? It's disgusting. Him and Anthony Davis is so scary. Why? Because you have the you can't like who's let's say they play the Nets. Who's taking Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis? But we say that about okay. Why are we talking about the Nets right now? Because we say that about every team. No, because what, what if they play the Nets? Players. You put. I'm just saying. I'm just giving an example. Any team, give me any team. The Clippers. Okay, so Serge Ibaka takes Drummond. Who's taking Anthony Davis? And if Serge Ibaka takes Anthony Davis, who's taking teams Drummond? aren't afraid of Andre Drummond. They'll put their they'll put their primary. If they play the Jazz, you think they're gonna put Gobert on Drummond or Gobert on Anthony Davis? Okay, then who's taking Drummond though? It doesn't matter. He's not that good offensively. Yes, he is. No, he's not. I'm telling you, if you put, like, who are they putting on him if they're playing that? The Jazz. Derek Favors. I don't know. Okay. Well, they're not going to play Derek Favors and Drum- and Gobert at the same time. If they, ha- if they have to, they will. If Drummond and, and who's, taking, who's taking Gasol off the bench? Or you put Drummond off the bench, and then you have literally the Cavs just off the bench. <laughs> I don't know. I think 
I, do you want to talk about defense? Drummond's not going to help them defensively. He's not going to hurt them. He'll help you. He'll help you box out to get a rebound. Cool. Like you need that. Okay, but I don't think he's going to hurt them defensively. I think he's a fine defender. I think he will. I mean, okay, their centers have been awful defensively, and we've seen what that happens to them. This season, we saw a lot of just dumb situations. We thought Gasol was a good defender. He's not. Gasol's a bad NBA player. Montero is a bad player. He's just bad at the statistical aspects of NBA games. Oh, no, no, no. Every time I watch him, he's not good. I don't know. I think, whatever. Gasol's for another time. (laughs) But I think Drummond would really help this team. Yeah. If they could get him for free, first of all, it would help because you're taking him away from the Nets or whoever other team. Okay, fine. That's one way to look at it. Uh, okay, well, that's that's a big way. It wouldn't it wouldn't be bad. It just wouldn't. It would. It's just, it's so overrated, in my opinion. It's so overrated. I don't know. We'll see. I I would love to see that. Um. Now for the Clippers. Okay, so, I mean, this team's weird. Um, I don't think they're. I think they peaked honestly. They're not as deep as they were last year. Lou Williams is getting worse. They lost Montrezl Harrell, which is the funniest thing, that he didn't even have to move stadiums, and he's on, like, a better – it's just so funny. Um, but I think the biggest hole, and I think it's a big hole, is playmaking. Um, there's no playmaker on this team, like, not even an average or above-average one. Like, Paul George, you could argue, is, like, a good, like, uh, dribbler, good ball handler, and he could pass. But, like, no, like, Paul George and Kawhi are not making plays for Serge Ibaka. Yeah, like, nobody – Nobody on this team is making their teammates better. That's exactly. There's no one close to like no. They they just need a random point guard that could help them. And I think Ricky Ruby off the Timberwolves, if they give up like maybe Terrence Mann or like um, Mafundu Kabungle, like these random like they have like two or three young players. Kennard's a good playmaker. Well, they give up Kennard for a player. I think he's a he's a good playmaker. I think. Oh, you're saying just on the team? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine, but they don't even play him that much. I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know why they don't. Um, but I think a guy like Ricky Rubio or like Rondo off the Hawks would help the, the would help the Clippers a lot. I like Rondo off the Hawks because, as I said before, I want to see Herder with more playmaking um, yeah. responsibilities. Um, now the Nuggets. Um, I have a trade for them. Okay. Um, so the Nuggets are no- there's so many teams that just aren't deep anymore. So this is just another one of them, and I think this is hurting them a lot. A um, big reason why there's no not deep is because Paul Millsap hasn't played a lot. I just want to say that. Yeah, no, that's fair. And um, and Jeremy Grant. I mean, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant that hurts. That's yeah. That's that's a killer. So I think um, they have a lot of. Um, I don't think they have a lot of, but they have. A, I think one of their stack position, which isn't even that stack, small forward. They have like Michael Porter Jr., who they're forced to play at power forward with Will Barton at the three, but he's really a three because he can't defend a four for his life, let alone a three. So they have Mike Porter Jr. They have um, what's his name? PJ Dozier. They they like playing a lot, a lot. Um, and they have Will Barton. So that's like their stacked position. So I think if they offered him to the Rockets for the classic guys, PJ Tucker and uh, Ben McMahon, Daniel House, just guys that could come off the bench for the Nuggets, I think that would be really beneficial for the Rockets. Maybe if they, the the Nuggets give up um RJ Hampton, Facundo Campazzo, that random little kid. Um, if they give if they give the Rockets like whatever assets they want, not good assets, but like just a pickster of some sort that the Rockets want to take on PJ Tucker, Ben Macklemore, and like Daniel House or Eric Gordon if they want to make contracts work, I think that would be so beneficial for, for Denver. Yeah, I think that yeah, they lost a lot of depth. I think maybe Oladipo would be interesting. 
again, like maybe RJ Hampton, Will Barden, Gary Harris package or something. Is that yeah, they, they can put together a good package? Yeah. Is that, yeah, they could put together a good package. But is that better than the Bucks one? I don't know. I think getting a first round pick. I I just love that idea. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Um. Yeah. Uh, okay. The Trailblazers. So the Trailblazers are suffering a lot of injuries this season, and they've still been great. So I think they don't really have many moves to make. Just wait for um, CJ McCollum, your all-star caliber player, to come back, and Joseph Nurkic, your center, to come back. So Ennis Cantor gets the load off him, and Harry Giles to come back. Um, but I think they could try to move like some of the disappointing guys, like Rodney Hood. He's been actually pretty disappointing for him for the Blazers. And Derek Jones Jr. has filled in that small forward role really nicely. Um, so that's definitely something they can try to do is move Rodney Hood. Um, and Robert I like Covington. Well, I like Gordon on this team, Aaron Gordon. I think Rodney Aaron Gordon? Yeah, Rodney Hood, um, Anthony Simons, and Sierra Little in a first for Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. I think I like that. So, I really like the fit. But then but I was going to say Covington. They have a lot of power forwards like they have Covington, Mello, um, Zach Collins, and they're going to get Aaron Gordon along with that. The only good defender there is Robert Covington, who I actually want them to. Tra- I mean, if they trade them, then they're left with literally no defense, just Derek Jones Jr. and like Nurkic when he comes back. He's not a good defender. I mean, maybe he's a good. I don't know. I don't even remember if Nurkic's a good defender. Anymore. I haven't seen him play in a while. Nurkic's availability needs to be talked about more. Like, he, yeah. Games is he, can we check? Um, I just think he's Nurkic is good, but I think the real thing about this team is getting um McCollum back. I think yeah. that's that will help them the most more than Nurkic has played twelve games this season and eight games the entire last season. Well yeah, no, he suffered an ACL tear in the twenty nineteen playoffs. I remember that. Yeah, but then and then he came back for eight games and then and then yeah, that was, then uh, this year, what another injury? Like He's yeah. had bad injuries in the past. It, it's like MB. Like, we're always questioning, like, what is what is MB? Like, he never played. That's what we always talk about. In 2015, he only played 32 games. In 2016, he only played 45. In 2016, 2017, he only played – no, he played – he played 65 in 2016. Yeah, I read that wrong. But he just – I just don't think he's very – he hasn't been available his whole career. And – at what point are we going to say, like, yeah, he's good, but, like, he's not – I don't know. I feel like they could do better at center. Yeah, definitely. Okay, next is the New Orleans Pelicans. And, yeah, New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> so, the Pelicans, um, there's literally two players that I need off the Pelicans right now, as soon as possible, please. Uh, David Griffin, I think that's your name. If you're listening right now, I know you are. Get Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams – off the New Orleans Pelicans as soon as this podcast ends. I swear to I'll, God. I'll talk about Bloodstone in a minute, but yeah, continue. So I think a great trade, a great trade, a realistic one, whatever you want to say, Stephen Adams for LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, tell me why. The, we literally just saw rumors about LaMarcus Aldridge. If he gets bought out, then this trade obviously can happen. But they really want to, like, they're, they, they're mutually agreeing to part ways, basically. They haven't officially bought him out yet, but if the Spurs want to be smart about this, trade for Steven Adams. Yeah, he's not really a piece for the future, but he still has a long-term contract, which Pelicans extended. It's like 16 mil a year from now on instead of like 27. So it's it's doable. It's not a crazy contract. And, and it they, makes sense for both teams because the Spurs are 
a playoff team right now. Like very yeah, they're a really good team. Yeah, and adding Lamarcus Aldridge hasn't played much this season. Hasn't played well. Adding Stephen Adams into that is just an upgrade. Yes, the United States is a quality center. It doesn't fit most teams. Like the New Orleans Pelicans, it doesn't fit them at all. Clogging the paint. He's literally, just sitting, he's literally just sitting there right now in the paint. Like, just sitting there. Yeah, he pulled up a chair next to yeah. Zion Williamson. Zion's like, excuse me, I'm trying to dunk. Could you please move over? Yeah, Zion's one of the best paint scorers I've ever seen in my entire life. And we have Steven Adams standing there next to him, drawing a defender. Like, how it is that smart? It's such bad spacing. It's such bad. The New Orleans Pelicans just get lucky, but they're not a good like, – Yeah, they're not a good franchise. I said in the beginning of the season, Sergi Baca was available. Then, oh, my gosh. That I was... said it in the beginning of the season. The Pelicans should sign Sergi Baca. Yeah, you, you, know what they did? you said that. You know what they did? They traded for Steven Adams. They traded, like, two firsts. Are you joking? <laughs> I don't know what they did, but oh, they acquired Steven Adams. They, they run the worst plays. I could go off by the Pelicans. I love watching Zion. I love watching Brandon Ingram. I could go. I watch so much Pelicans. They're probably the if same. If you go league. off, start with Eric Bledsoe, please, because he's also atrocious. Okay, I'm just going to – we'll talk about the Pelicans' direction. So, I this is a hot take, kind of. I think they need to decide what they're going to do about the elephant in the room. I guess it's not really an elephant in the room because people haven't noticed it yet. But Brandon Ingram and Zion, they don't fit well together. And when you're watching Pelicans games – you're like, they're let's say they're in close games. They you'll see like in the Celtics one. Remember the yeah, Celtics? No, not the Celtics one. That's not a good example. But in close games, they'll give the ball to Brandon Ingram. Like if there's like five minutes left, you'll see Brandon Ingram take like eight shots in those five minutes, and Zion take one shot. And even if Zion's like, every time Zion shoots the ball, he either scores or gets fouled. <laughs> and they, I just think they. It doesn't make sense. Like, why are you giving it to Brandon Ingram? He's very good, but you autom- you get automatic points from Zion. And I think Brandon Ingram has his potential. He didn't even reach his potential yet. I think he's so good. He, yeah. he looks like Kevin Durant half the time when he has the ball. The other times he takes questionable shots, but that's just he's young. Um, but I love watching both of them. I just I think it's so it's such an awkward fit because this is Zion's team, and I think Brandon Ingram they need to realize it's Zion's team. And Brandon Ingram kind of it feels like he thinks it's his team and he's taking shots like it's his team. But if you need a bucket, Zion is one of the most efficient scorers in the league. And that doesn't mean he's shooting 50% from three. But people need to remember, efficient means efficient scoring is scoring more points. Let's just just define the word efficient. To be efficient at something is the most productivity and the least amount of effort, right? So a layup for two points when you get it is efficient. Or like a three, when you hit it, is more efficient than two because that's the, that's more productivity. The key word is less. What was wait, say it again? More productivity and less effort. More productivity, yeah, less effort. Zion takes such little shots and scores so much. He shoots sixty percent from the field, and that's more efficient than Bradley Beal shooting thirty-eight percent mm. from three. Even though Bradley Beal is threes are more, they you get more points for threes than you do for layups. But Zion's getting sixty percent of his layups as opposed to 13%, as opposed to 37 or 38% of the threes. And I think he's such an efficient scorer. He's one of the most efficient scorers in the league, if not like the most, I don't, I'm not sure, but he's got to be way up there on high volume, definitely. And I think Brandon Ingram is so, so good, but I think they should just, I think it's an awkward fit. Now, I don't have, I do not have Brandon Ingram trades as of now. Obviously, I think it's the most unrealistic thing. I think they just, 
at some point it's going to, I think it's inevitable. And I think they have to have really? it. I, yeah. I watching a lot of Pelicans games. I don't think they could win or at least win comfortably. Like I think they should trade him. I think they could get value back. I just, I don't think it fit. I think watching in Duke Zion and Duke, and it worked with RJ, who is such an also such a um, such a good scorer in Duke. Is they he played they fit well together. RJ wasn't dribbling at the top of the key, like sizing up on his defender and then calling for a pick and then using the pick and then like dribbling back out and like I he just he would dribble up the court and take a layup or he would shoot or he'd give the ball to Zion and Zion would post up or something where Zion would pass it to a cutting RJ. But Brandon Ingram doesn't. It's, he's not the type of player, and that's fine. But if you want to build around Zion, which I think you should build around Zion over building around Brandon Ingram, then I think that they should try to build around Zion and not just because they have two great players doesn't mean that they should keep them both. So, hmm. so it's hard to disagree with what you said because you're not wrong with what you said. But I, it depends what the trade is because Brandon Ingram is such a great player and they're, it's like, it's a young core. Like why, why get rid of it? Because the potential, like, like why get rid of it now? Because the potential might not be perfect. Cause like, this is similar to what we were talking about with the Sixers, right? Like one or two years ago, maybe like talk started after they lost to the, the Raptors with the Kawhi shot. Um, should they trade either Embiid or Simmons? Cause they don't really fit well together. Right. That's like, that's what we're talking about right now. And look what they did. They said this is a young core. They haven't even reached their potential yet. And they're growing together. And they're the best team in the East. The Sixers have surrounded them with the right players, the right shooters, the right defenders. And and Embiid is playing an elite level, which is what his potential is. And I don't think he's even done. He's like 26 or something. And Ben Simmons is fitting pretty well with him right now. They're not like clogging the paint like we thought they would. So I don't think the Pelicans have to trade Brandon Ingram. I don't think Brandon Ingram being traded is even inevitable. They could work out a way to fit together, especially if they play together. Just every They'll work out a way to fit together. But like you said, like if, if there's a trade available for a better fit player, then I'm not opposed to trading Brandon Ingram. That's fine. Like I'm all up for giving Zion the keys to New Orleans. That is what I want. But, and I see what you mean. Like Brandon Ingram should not be having the ball in late possessions, but I think it's all about the growth. Like, they're not even close to their potential yet. Yeah, I agree. And I think it, I, I almost think it's not fair to Brandon Ingram because Brandon Ingram should be the guy on a team. And I think, he, I think he has the potential to be the best player on a very good team. And I think, I just, I think this isn't the team. And if you have Zion, you're not building around Brandon Ingram, you're building around Zion. So I think it's only fair to Brandon Ingram to give Brandon Ingram the same opportunity that he would have if they didn't have Zion. I think putting him as a second best player is turning him into you're kind of forcing him to mold his game into like a Chris Middleton type player instead of like a Durant type player. I hear that. I mean, I'll have to see what the trade is, but it's not a bad, it's An not a bad interesting idea. trade I, I thought of is Jaron Jackson Jr. And Gorgie Jane, Gorgie Jane and firsts for Brandon Ingram. We'll talk about Jaron oh. Jackson Jr. in a minute, but I think, I don't so know. So obviously that's not enough. <laughs> like, Brandon Ingram is an all-star. Jerry no, Jackson's coming off an injury. Like three firsts. Three firsts. Yeah, you're going to need a lot of firsts. Maybe, like, Tyus Jones and, like, Grayson Allen. Like, you're going to need, like, more value. But the idea of having Jaron Jackson Jr. as the center next to Zion is obviously amazing. And having, like, Josh Hart replace Brandon Ingram in the starting lineup with Lonzo. That starting lineup right there. 
and have like anyone at the two, whoever you want, is just unbelievable. Um, the spacing is great. The playmaking is great. The scoring is great. Like that's such a great idea. And, and for the Grizzlies, that's amazing. Like it's such a great idea. Yeah, I like the fit with John and, and um, Brandon Ingram. But it, it feels so unreal. Like any time in the next two years, that trade feels so unrealistic. Maybe if it goes yeah, on the I same agree. path, like if Brandon Ingram's just not fitting well and Jaron Jackson's like getting better and like the Grizzlies aren't doing anything for the next two years and like their prime is just like it's starting, then fine, you can make the trade. But right now, like, no, don't do that. Okay, just continuing with the Pelicans path. Um, that's what I would do. Obviously, obviously, I would probably keep Brandon Ingram, but I think you have to have that discussion amongst yourself. Like, yeah, the front office needs to realize there's a problem. That's what I really mean. Um, next is Lonzo. Okay. Um, I have a ton of hot takes about Lonzo. Lonzo Ball, first of all, he's the better ball brother. Okay. Um, yeah. He is, he's such a good passer. He's, I think he's, he's top three passer in the league and he has to play combo guard this year because blood so just is there no, get him out so, of it so frustrating it's the same thing as steven adams just in a point guard like steven adams oh, is taking yeah. away steven adams is taking away zion's path to scoring because he's in the paint and Bledsoe is taking the path taking um lonzo's playmaking path away from him because he just has the ball in his hands instead of lonzo and lonzo is such a good passer and Lonzo's also such a good shooter at this point. You shooting wait, wait, wait. but this we could look back at this Bledsoe situation as a good thing potentially, because I think teaching Lonzo to play off ball and to mold his game differently could make him a better overall player. It could be. Yeah. Okay. This is a good lesson for him. The lesson's over now. Let's let's <laughs> let's watch the best. Fa- Lonzo and Zion are such a fun duo. They're such a fun duo. Lonzo's alley oops from like three quarter court. From the other three-point line to Zion is just ridiculous. And I think Bledsoe is just taking that away. And, yeah. and Lonzo, okay, now that's just Lonzo's playmaking aspect. Then his defense is is so good also as a point guard. There's nothing, like, there's nothing to talk about there. It's just his defense is very, very good. And then his shooting. He's shooting <laughs> last year he was shooting 38% from three. And people were like, oh, it's a fluke, whatever. Then this year he started off pretty bad. Shooting much like, more this year. Yeah, and it's more catch and shoot. It's more step back. It's like everything. Right, that's what I'm saying, the off-ball aspect. Okay, so he learned how to do it now. Now get Bledsoe off the team. <laughs> it was a good lesson. I agree with you. But, like, yeah. okay. And then I think that Lonzo has scored more threes than Trae Young. <laughs> and he's shooting higher percentage. More than Tatum. More than Luca. More than the, – like, the list goes on and on. I saw a whole list. It's, like, really long that he shot – He's shooting better percentage and he's hit more threes. Like at what point is Lonzo a great three-point shooter and he's a great passer and he's a great defender. I don't get these rumors that people are trading Lonzo, like they're trading Lonzo. If Lonzo's on the trade market, I would give so much for Lonzo. He's a generational talent and he's such a good point guard and it doesn't make sense that he's on the trade block. And I think Lonzo, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram also, and Zion, that team is – there's so much talent there. I'm not saying it fits. I'm saying there's so much talent. And it's it's so it's crazy that they got all that. Yeah. Okay, now we'll talk about the Grizzlies because I already started stirring the pot with Jaron Jackson Jr. talk. Um I think Jaron Jackson Jr. I, he's he played 115 games in his first three seasons out of 189. That's not 
That's he all. Towards Achilles, though. Like he towards Achilles. Okay, I'm saying he's def- he's injured. He's very injury prone. That's what I'm saying. He is. He missed. I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's a problem. I think it. I think it's something to keep an eye on, definitely. And I think we haven't seen him yet this year. Well, yeah, he's coming back from his one injury. I don't think it's one injury. I don't know. I'll check right now. Um, but I think he needs to. He needs to. I think they need. It's something they need to keep an eye on. Is he played? He played fifty-eight games his rookie season out of eighty-two. That's that's twenty-four missed games. That's not amazing. Okay. And then last year he played fifty-seven, but he tore his Achilles. Right, Achilles. I mean, you could look it up. He it was a bad injury at the time. Um. I don't know. Whatever. It's on. It doesn't matter the injury. I'm just saying. I think it's it's something to keep an eye on. That he's injury prone. And then he averages four fouls a game. And yeah, that's he, bad. And he's never played more than 27 minutes a game because of it. Hmm. I again, I don't know what where you trade him. His he's seen as such a good player though that I think that you could get value back for him now. And obviously, he'll probably learn how to not foul, and maybe he won't be injury prone his whole career. But let's say he turns into like a Porzingis type player that just can't play more than 50 games in a season. Right. You don't you don't want that really. I said the Brandon Ingram trade, the swap before. I, it's not realistic, but I think it would be a great fit for both teams. Maybe you could do a John Collins trade if, if John Collins is available. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out. Um, that's enough for Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't know. I think there's something to keep an eye on there, and that's an interesting narrative as we as the Grizzlies duo of John and Jackson grow older and are more experienced. I think it's interesting to keep an eye on. Um, next for the Grizzlies is Valanciunas. I think they should trade him. I, th- I think last year was a fluke, and they they aren't that good of a team as they showed last year. And they didn't even make the playoffs last year, right? The Grizzlies? Yeah. They did not make the playoffs. They were in the, the games in the bubble. Yeah. So I think that was – they didn't place – they didn't – I don't think that they're – they're that good again, or maybe the West just got better. Now, like the Pelicans are better than them. The Matt, like everyone's, everyone got a step better. The Warriors are back, um, the Jazz, but the Grizzlies, I, I think they, they should, they should rebuild and build around John. I guess Jaron Jackson, if you're not going to trade him, but maybe if you could trade Valanciunas to Golden State, if they could get Wiseman, obviously they can't. But if trading Valanciunas to Golden State could get them Wiseman, I think that's the biggest deal ever. Um, Valanciunas to New York for Mitchell Robinson would be interesting. To Sacramento for Marvin Bagley would be interesting. To the Mavericks, maybe. I don't know. Those are just some trades that I think the Grizzlies can make if they want to move Valanciunas. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next team we have is the Dallas Mavericks. Um. I mean, this team is going to be up and down throughout the season. The Knicks have their picks, so obviously we're rooting for them to be bad. But Luka Doncic makes his teammates better, and that's just that's the end of the story. No matter who, what quality players they are. I mean, the Mavericks have their scores, and Luka Doncic will find openings for all of them. So he's just that that talented of a scorer. But I think the trade that they made in the offseason that was a mistake was the Josh Richardson for Seth Curry trade. You know, they thought that adding defense and sacrificing some three-point shooting from a player that, like, you know, you have tons of three-point shooting around, which they thought they did, but they don't really. Um, sacrificing some shooting with Seth Curry, but getting defense would be better. And it, 
at the time that actually isn't a bad idea. And I mean, in hindsight though, that's a very bad idea because Seth Curry's shooting is just unmatched. Like it's high for, I mean, it's not high for it. It's 40% from three season in season out. I mean, he's just an unreal shooter. I remember him in the bubble had some incredible games. Um, and Josh Richardson's defense is just not it. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not – and his shooting is awful. Shooting is awful. So, he's not – just not a good replacement. Yeah, I think – I think they should definitely buy. Maybe on Heald, Oladipo. And then I think a team – a player that would actually fit them well next to Porzingis is Al Horford because he's been – Porzingis has not been so great on defense. Um, But the question is what assets do they really have to trade anyone? Because they don't have much firsts because of all the – they traded two firsts to New York and then they can't trade any first near those because then they have the Stefan rule, Stefan mm-hmm. rule. Um, so I think they have, they have Josh Green, who was their pick, who doesn't get much minutes and get much reps, but I think he has value, I guess. And then James Johnson and Boban's expiring contracts add up to almost 20 million. So they, they could make contracts work there, but I don't know if Josh Green is enough of an, a valuable asset to get a good trade done. Yeah. Um, next is the Warriors. So yeah, the Warriors are it's the Steph Curry show every night. Um, I don't I don't I don't really know what to say about them. I don't know what moves they should make. They really shouldn't sell. Um they should they should buy over sell. Um I mean I, I, I don't I don't know what to say. They have Kelly Oubre as the new addition, Andrew Wiggins looked really good. And I don't know. There's nothing else to do with this Warriors team, but just try to make the playoffs. I think that they have to have this is like the last real discussion we'll have because it's been a while, but I think they have to have the conversation amongst themselves also on at what point do you trade Steph? <laughs> biggest plot team. I think they're not. What? Clay is coming back next year, right? He's had two really bad leg injuries, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, so let's say Steph, let's say Clay comes back as good as as he's ever been, which is very unlikely because he's been injured twice and hasn't played basketball in two years. Yeah. Then is that is Steph Clay, Ubre Wiggins, James Wiseman, Draymond enough to win in the West? Maybe not to beat teams like the Lakers and Jazz and Clippers, but it's enough to compete, yeah. I, I enough to compete though. Like shouldn't they trade Steph to a team that could help them get more championships? Steph Curry is not out of his prime yet. I I, I agree with that. He's one of the. He's so top you're not players. trading a top twenty-five player of all time. You're just not doing that. It's the Golden State is not trading Steph Curry unless he's like forty-one years old. Like it's a dumb thing. Like the Dwayne Wade to Cleveland. Like what even is that? But the Miami got him back because he's such an all-time great in Miami. Imagine Steph. Yeah, Steph is probably better than Dwayne Wade. I think we could both agree on that. But I don't know. I think they have to – I don't get how it's not a conversation. Like, if your question is at what point do they trade him, I think it's when he's, like, bad. That's at the point they trade him. Fine. Why? Why don't they get value back? It's Golden State. Like, forget – it's Golden State. They have a reputation of being a great team. They have to – if they could get value back for Steph Curry and be and create another dynasty, I don't know. I feel like they should. It's a good idea, but there's more to it than just like he has value, so trade him for that value. Like his value isn't just his game. Like Steph Curry to the Warriors is like 
it's 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 like you don't you don't trade that. I'm sorry. I guess I don't know. You don't I trade. That. Just, so then I think they should just stay put. I guess. Yeah. I just I don't see them winning a, few, a championship anytime soon. They don't need to. They've proved it. They're fine. Okay, fine. Then the Thunder is just they just need to tank. So it's just don't win games. Why? A kid is literally from Oklahoma. Like it's written <laughs> yeah. in stone. I'm pretty sure. Like I'm not sure why they're winning games. Just trade your veterans. Why do you sign George Hill, Trevor Reza, Al Horford? Not sign. Like, why do you like? Why do you have them on your roster? Drop them. Trade them for first round pick to like the Raptors or the Bucks. Yeah, like, it's weird. It's Sam Presti. Like, shouldn't he be? Shouldn't they already be traded? I don't get it. Whatever. Okay, the last team is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um. Again, they're doing a great job at tanking. The only problem is their pick is top like four protected. Maybe I've problem. never. That was one of the worst trades. Um. They, that we're gonna end no. off on that. They got killed on that trade. Yeah, first, let's just say the there's not much trades. I think they need to trade um, Jared Culver. Rubio, Ed Davis, the random. No, I think they need to trade out Jared Culver. As I said before, he needs a new opportunity, a new environment with Edwards being on top of him. Like, they're the same position, very similar, like, players. But just, I think their their direction is bad. I think, when, at what point is Cat going to demand a trade when he realizes Soon. that? Isn't that, like... We, we've been talking about there's been like stuff in the, like the media that cat wants out not, not yeah, officially but like d'angelo russell's not what we thought he would be which is yeah, he's, malik's great but he's putting up meaningless points that that trade was so bad they gave up wiggins is better than d'lo alone and they gave up wiggins for d'lo and then and this pick doesn't convey to the, the top five pick if the warriors if they like win the lottery it's over the no, warriors, they, they win the lottery they get oh, it yeah. If yeah, if they don't, if they, it's a four or if five. They fourth, if they get the fourth pick, that's insane. They give the fourth pick and Andrew Wiggins for Tandle Russell. The Warriors are getting like Kaminga or Jalen Suggs. Like it's not fair. That's crazy. It's crazy how bad that that trade was. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and yeah, good night.